It's 6 p.m. and you're tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM, Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Tuesday, January 24th, and this is your KVMR Evening News. I'm Julia Jem. Joyce Miller returns next week. The California Report updates us on the state of Half Moon Bay and Monterey communities following each of their recent deadly shootings. After a brief look at today's regional headlines, KVMR's Paul Emery sits down with Gary Zimmerman to discuss the American economy. Then, Mark Cuniberti breaks down the concept of money management in the 2023 financial market in this week's Money Matters. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Another gun tragedy in California with a deadly mass shooting in the coastal Bay Area community of Half Moon Bay, about 30 miles south of San Francisco. Seven people were killed and one person injured yesterday in a pair of shootings at agricultural centers in the city. The San Mateo County Sheriff's Office says the suspect, 67-year-old Chun-Li Zhao, was soon taken into custody when he parked his vehicle at a sheriff department substation. Law enforcement officials say Zhao was a worker at one of the facilities attacked, but a motive is unclear at this time. A semi-automatic handgun was confiscated from the suspect's vehicle. KQED's Guy Marzarati is in Half Moon Bay and has this report from a reunification center set up for the family members of victims. Inside the center, family members sat in circles awaiting aid, information, and interpreters. Christina Corpus is San Mateo County Sheriff. And we're offering them hotel rooms so they can sleep with their kids and offering um, mental health services. Uh, We have the Red Cross here as well. For hours, Coastside residents showed up with food, water, and coffee. Qinghai Zhao and his wife came from just up the coast in El Granada and brought a stack of blankets. My primary reaction is uh, Hapongbe is a very peaceful place. And although you heard um, such kind of tragedy happen uh, in many places, but you can't believe that that it actually is, happened in, in half a movie. Just disbelief. Zhao says he read on next door about the victims gathered here and knew immediately he had to come help. For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzarati in Half Moon Bay. The victims of this latest mass shooting are believed to all be farm workers. Law enforcement officials say some workers lived at one of the targeted facilities and children may have witnessed the shooting. Half Moon Bay Mayor Deborah Penrose spoke with NBC News this morning. It's horrific. It's, it's just horrific. It happened in uh, farm worker housing and there were families there. San Mateo County Supervisor Ray Mueller represents the coastal area. Worked with uh, Half Moon Bay Vice Mayor uh, Jimenez to make sure that we had everything's available for the children who were on site. Mayor Penrose echoed the sentiments of many of her local colleagues, calling for action to stop gun violence. When are we going to ban semi-automatic weapons? How cra- how many people have to die? How how many children? have to be killed? How many children have to witness their parents being killed? Governor Gavin Newsom was at a hospital meeting with victims of this past weekend shooting in Monterey Park when this shooting occurred. Nothing about this is surprising. Everything about this is infuriating. Newsom also emphasized the role of mental health in many of these incidents. He said while he's proud of the state's progress in that area, he knows more needs to be done.
Meanwhile, in Southern California, the investigation continues into the deadly mass shooting that happened Saturday night at a dance studio in Monterey Park. An 11th person succumbed to their injuries yesterday. Los Angeles County Sheriff Robert Luna says investigators served a search warrant at the home of the suspect, Hugh Contron of Hemet in Riverside County. As a result of the search warrant service, investigators recovered a few items of interest. These are just it's a summary, not everything we recovered. We recovered one 308 caliber rifle, numerous electronic devices such as cell phones, computers, etc. Items that lead us to believe the suspect was manufacturing homemade firearm suppressors. An unknown amount, I say unknown amount, and I'll explain that here, of uh, 308 caliber and 9 millimeter caliber ammunition. And the reason we say an unknown amount, they were in containers and there are hundreds around. Sheriff Luna said he could not confirm reports that have surfaced from those in the community that the suspect had frequented the dance studio and that the shooting may have been sparked by a personal dispute. But he said that's part of what investigators are looking into. Authorities also say the suspect might have had emotional problems that got worse in recent weeks. There's only one report of an arrest in 1990 on suspicion of unlawful possession of a firearm. Tron died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound on Sunday as police approached his vehicle in the city of Torrance. Members of the Monterey Park community are still struggling to understand what happened in this tragedy. Last night, over 200 people gathered in the city for a candlelight vigil to mourn the victims of the mass shooting. KCRW's Megan Jamerson was there. Local religious leaders and community members spoke and offered prayers as they grieved the 11 people killed and nine more wounded by a gunman on Saturday. Nearby, a pile of flowers and votive candles grew with the quiet crowd. Tiffany Ove, a 42-year-old Monterey Park resident, came out to participate. I felt that I needed to be here, you know, tonight to show them that we are together, we are community, we are stronger together, and this should not be happening in our home, in our community. Authorities have been notifying families of victims, all of whom were over 50 years old. For the California Report, I'm Megan Jamerson in Monterey Park. Reporter Kaylee Wells spoke to members of the San Gabriel Valley community who are still in shock about what happened this past weekend. The Monterey Park Civic Center was eerily tranquil after the shooting just blocks away over the weekend. Residents strolled and practiced Tai Chi in the park. The only indication of the tragedy was a growing memorial of flowers and candles in front of City Hall. Susan was one of the residents who was at Lunar New Year festivities in Monterey Park on Saturday. They were celebrating and enjoying the day. And then they get that call. It's like, hey, now you got to plan a funeral. You know, like, that's going to like forever change your life. That was KCRW reporter Kaylee Wells in Monterey Park. Support for the California Report comes from the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at Irvine.org. Guideline. Their automated 401k plans can be set up in 20 minutes. More at Guideline.com CA. Guideline. The California way to 401k. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, which bets early on exceptional people making the world better, on the web at schmidtfutures.com. 
And that's the California Report for Tuesday, January 24th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Stay tuned to your local public radio station for more news about this week's mass shootings. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening and have a good day. In national news, as reported by NBC, as of Tuesday, quote, at least 39 mass shootings had unfolded across the country since the year began, according to the Gun Violence Archive, a nonprofit that tracks the spread of what has been called an American disease, and which defines a mass shooting as a single incident in which at least four people, other than the shooter, are shot. According to the archive, which has kept records since 2014, there have been at least 70 people killed and 167 wounded in mass shootings so far in 2023 which marks a historically quick start for mass shootings this year. There have been more recorded mass shootings so far this month than in any January over the past decade. In response to these recent mass shootings, there has been an increase in demand for tighter federal gun control measures. President Joe Biden said in a statement Tuesday that, quote, we know the scourge of gun violence across America requires stronger action. Additionally, he stated, quote, I once again urge both chambers of Congress to act quickly and deliver this assault weapons ban to my desk and take action to keep American communities, schools, workplaces, and homes safe. The Guardian reported that an assault weapons ban faces little chance of passage in Congress, noting that Republicans now control the House of Representatives, and the party has put forward little initiative for the issue of reducing gun violence. Even in the Senate, they add, a place in which Democrats have a majority, Republicans have used the filibuster rule in the past to prevent gun regulations from advancing. Governor Gavin Newsom has also weighed in on the state's current relationship with gun control, considering recent events. On CBS Evening News on Monday, he acknowledged that the state's firearm regulations, among the strictest in the U.S., and mental health programs remain insufficient in addressing the crisis, stating that, quote, "...nothing about this is surprising. Everything about this is infuriating." The Second Amendment is becoming a suicide pact. Turning now to a look at the regional weather forecast from the National Weather Service. First, in Grass Valley and Nevada City. Tonight, clear with a low around 39. East-northeast wind around 6 miles per hour. Wednesday, sunny with a high near 61. Northeast wind 7 to 9 miles per hour. Wednesday night, clear with a low around 39. East-northeast wind 7 to 10 miles per hour. For Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight, mostly clear with a low around 18, northwest wind around 5 miles per hour becoming calm. Wednesday, sunny with a high near 37, northeast wind around 5 miles per hour. Wednesday night, mostly clear with a low around 17, east wind around 5 miles per hour. And for Sacramento and the surrounding valley, tonight, patchy fog after 11 p.m., patchy frost after 4 a.m., otherwise mostly clear, with a low around 35. Light and variable wind. Wednesday, patchy fog before 9 a.m., patchy frost before 9 a.m., otherwise sunny with a high near 62. North wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Wednesday night, clear with a low around 38. North wind 7 to 9 miles per hour. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. This Thursday, the Bureau of Economic Analysis will release gross domestic product data for the fourth quarter of 2022. 
Did the U.S. economy expand or contract? How has the Fed's policy changes affected the labor and housing markets? In this week's Econ Report, Paul Emery and retired Fed economist Gary Zimmerman discussed the current state of the American economy ahead of the Bureau's disclosure. This economic report is sponsored by Rick Kelb, Wealth Management Advisor with Northwestern Mutual since 1983 on Spring Street, Nevada City at rickkelb.com. Welcome back, Gary. How is the economy doing as we approach the end of January? How do you expect GDP numbers will show up uh, when the uh, initial fourth quarter GDP data is released uh, next month? Well, Paul, I'd suggest we could look at the Atlanta Federal Reserve Bank's most recent GDP Now model estimate of the annualized fourth quarter gross domestic product growth rate. You know, if that growth rate is negative, it would suggest that the end of the year economy had slowed down dramatically. If the growth rate is less than 1% at an annual rate, you know, that would be weak. Um, You know, 2% would be about normal. On the other hand, if it grew at uh, showing growth at you know, somewhere around 3% or more, I'd say that would be pretty strong. This is actually a really useful website. It's available to economists and the general public, and it's updated frequently as new data become available. And so it provides a, a real-time indication of where the economy is going based on the most recent, yet, you know, even though it's still incomplete, the most recent data that are available. Um, since the data are collected and reported with a lag sometimes of months, the data may change, obviously, as new updates and revised data become available. But, you know, GDP now uh, model is a, is a good way to look at where, where things are going. Well, including the latest uh, data release in January, what does the Atlanta Fed's GDP now model tell us about the fourth quarter GDP growth? I mean, when the preliminary GDP numbers are released, will growth be positive, flat, or negative? Okay, Paul, the uh, GDP now model of the U.S. economy, which includes, you know, I, I was looking at it, including data available through last Friday, January 20th, was showing a 3.5% annual rate of growth uh, for the fourth quarter of 2022. That is a very strong ending for the year, and it's in the same ballpark as growth in the third quarter of uh, 2022. So GDP appears to have ended 2022 with a strong second half of the year and more than offsetting the contraction in the economy in the first half. 2022. And obviously, that's good news for us going into 2023. Gary, last time we spoke, you mentioned that the labor market in 2022 added about 4.5 million jobs. That seems like another strong positive signal for the economy. Sure is, Paul. Yeah, the labor markets ended the year on a strong note as well, adding almost an average of 250,000 jobs a month in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, while that average payroll job increase is lower than in earlier months of 2022, it's still above the average monthly payroll job increases that we've seen in most economic expansions in the past. So, you know, adding over 200,000 new jobs a month in the last quarter, you know, is con- contrast sharply with what the with what you would see during a recession when in the economy would probably be losing 100 to 300,000 jobs. Um, and, you know, so that's a, a big difference. And, you know, furthermore, the, the last weekly initial claims for unemployment insurance was a very low 190,000. Um, and that's a, a level that's likely to raise concerns at the Fed about, you know, the tight labor markets and, you know, the growth in the economy is perhaps not slowing fast enough and emphasize the need for the Fed to continue policies designed to slow and Inflation. Uh, Gary, um, one more question. Um, 
In a few words, what were the Fed policymakers projecting on average for the economy in 2023, growth or recession? In, in a few words, Paulette, uh, uh, that's a tough one for me, as you uh, well know, but let me try. Based on a reasonable forecast from public comments last week from an old boss of mine, current uh, Fed policymaker and New York Fed President John Williams, you know, he's said that he saw that growth uh, would likely be slower for real or inflation-adjusted gross domestic product, probably about 1% for 2023. And that's about half of the long-run full employment uh, and low and stable inflation rate that we might expect in the long run. You know, consistent with the slower GDP growth rate, Williams sees a noticeable rise in the unemployment rate from a very low 3.5% to a still, you know, close to full employment rate of 4.5%. And then with the slowing economy and somewhat higher unemployment, Williams sees an inflation rate of about 3% in 2023. And that would be a major improvement, almost half of where it ended up this year. Um, But again, inflation would still remain above the Fed's 2% goal. So they're going to be focused on that. um, And that's, you know, I think the important reason why one would expect them to raise interest rates at least by a quarter of a percent um, at the January meeting um, at the end of the month. Okay, Gary, thanks for the information, and uh, we'll look forward to speaking again in a couple of weeks. Okay, sounds good, Paul. Gary Zimmerman is a retired senior economist for the San Francisco Reserve in San Francisco and currently is a visiting professor at the Vienna University of Economics and Business in Austria, where he teaches courses in economics and finance. The markets are volatile, and prudent money management can mean the difference between good returns or devastating losses. So what's an investor to do? Buy and hold? Tonight, Mark Cunaberti breaks down some money management strategies in this week's Money Matters. Welcome to another edition of Money Matters. My name is Mark Cunaberti. Now that many investor portfolios have been cut to ribbons, the phones are ringing with investors asking questions. Should I buy stocks now or should I sell stocks or continue to hold them? Which questions they ask usually depends on if they practiced prudent principal protection or just sat there and did nothing as markets fell. This means, did the investor have protective stops in place, which are predetermined sell points, and sold positions as the markets fell, or instead followed the buy and hold for the long long-term crowd, possibly leading them down the rat hole of devastating losses. I am of the opinion that most people do practice sound money management when playing a slot machine. At a certain point, they pick up their chips and walk away. In my humble opinion, investors should practice a similar strategy with their investments. After all, your lifetime savings are much more important than the few hundred dollars you might forfeit at a one-armed bandit. That being said, I'm always surprised at the number of advisors and investors who do not practice nor even consider having predetermined sell points to protect their clients or their funds. Most professional traders I know use stop-loss strategies to protect against devastating losses. To verify that, just tune into CNBC sometime. You'll eventually hear the big traders there discuss protection of principle as tantamount to their successful trading. Why many professional advisors may not use stop-loss strategies is kind of a mystery to me. They stick to the old adage, 
hold for the long term and just ride a market down to wherever it might end up and where it might end up might not be a very nice warm and fuzzy place. Instead, it could be a place where one loses sleep, his sanity, his or her spouse as financial pressures mount, along with a good portion of their life savings. I can hear the familiar chant of, the market always comes back from the peanut gallery right about now, and I doubt this time around, in 2022 at least, those words were providing much comfort to those that have lost a good portion of their retirement accounts in 2022. This is 2023, and the markets look maybe a little bit better, but not much in my opinion. Although market crashes of this magnitude are rare, it seems in the last two decades we have seen four really bad crashes, 2001, 2008, 2020, which was the COVID sell-off, and now this one. It seems that buying a bunch of stocks and blindly riding the market wherever it goes is not much of a strategy, and certainly not one that most professional traders use. My opinion again, of course. Consider this, if buying and holding forever and a day is your long-term strategy, why not consider sitting on one of the myriad of index funds available on the public market and fire your advisor? You'll also avoid the fees that way. Not that I recommend not using advisors. After all, I'm in the business. But if you're just going to stick it out through thick or thin market crashes and never sell, then the question becomes, why have the advisor? And if you fire one, what index does one buy if you tell your advisor to pack it up and go home? I can't answer that here for obvious reasons, but there are plenty of resources out there to guide you through the process. In my opinion, one of the best reasons to use an advisor is for providing some sort of principal protection. That means having a plan for exiting or at least reducing market exposure in downturns. Although in recent decades, investors and many younger advisors thought they had seen the pattern that markets always come back, this time around, the crash of 2022 and maybe starting in 2023 has taught them a value lesson. Markets always come back until they don't. And if they do always come back, the damage from a prolonged market hammering can be severe and costly. And had one sold at least some stocks on the way down, there would be lots of cash to pick up some stocks at better prices later on. This newscast is probably not going to make me a lot of new advisor friends, but seeing as I am in the business and as all advisors are supposed to be fiduciaries, which means they have the investor's best interest at heart over their own, I just kind of had to put it out there, right? That does it for today's Money Matters. Views expressed are my opinion only, of course. They do not represent the opinion of any registered investment advisor, bank, brokerage firm, or this radio station, its staff, management, or underwriters. It is not meant as investment advice or solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Our website is moneymanagementradio.com, where everything is free. Our way of saying thank you for listening to your community radio station. I hold California Insurance License OL34249, and I'm a Medicare agent approved in the state of California. My name is Mark Kuniberti. That's our newscast for this Tuesday, January 24th. Head over to our website, kvmr.org, or subscribe to the KVMR News Podcast to hear more. You can also connect with us through social media on Instagram and Facebook. KVMR's Future of Radio project is back, and we're looking for our next group of Youth News Corps reporters. 
If you're interested in radio journalism and production, are 15 to 18 years old, and live in Nevada County, the early application deadline is coming up February 5th. Head to kvmr.org slash youthnewscorp for more information. KVMR gets support from Mal Painting Glass, supplying Nevada County with paints, stains, and supplies since 1949, offering custom color matching, airless paint sprayer rentals, and a full-service glass shop for residential and commercial projects. M-O-U-L-E, paintandglass.com. And Simply Country, local farm, feed, and outdoor stores since 1964, carrying water storage tanks, generators, farm equipment, plus outdoor sports gear in Grass Valley and Penn Valley. Online information at simplycountry.net.